1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 8 through 23. Saul waited seven days, the time appointed by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattering from him. So Saul said, Bring the burnt offering here to me and the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. As soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him and greet him. Samuel said, What have you done? And Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattering from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines had mustered at Michmash, I said, Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal. And I have not sought the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God, with which he commanded you. For then the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. And Samuel arose and went up from Gilgal. The rest of the people went up after Saul to meet the army. They went up from Gilgal to Gibeah of Benjamin. And Saul numbered the people who were present with him, about 600 men. And Saul and Jonathan his son and the people who were present with them stayed in Geba of Benjamin. But the Philistines encamped at Michmash. And raiders came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned towards Ophrah to the land of Shual. Another company turned towards Beth Horon, and another company turned toward the port, the border that looks down on the valley of Zeboam towards the wilderness. Now there was no blacksmith to be found throughout all the land of Israel, for the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make themselves swords or spears. But every one of the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen his plowshare, his mattock, his axe, or his sickle. And the charge was two-thirds a shekel for the plowshares and for the mattocks, and a third of a shekel for sharpening the axes for setting the goads. So on the day of battle, there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people with Saul and Jonathan. But Saul and Jonathan his son had them. And the garrison of the Philistines went out to the pass of Michmash. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And um, we are continuing this little section of First Samuel, looking at Saul and uh, some of his mm-hmm. things that he's doing. <laughs> and uh, and so this this is an interesting little section here. It's definitely painting again, like we saw yesterday, the the picture in a negative light. Yeah, um, it's kind of like trying to emphasize the point that like this is not a good situation. Mm-hmm. There's raiders all around you. You don't have weapons, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's typically bad. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of like the the scene that's being set up here. But the thing that led into that was uh, Saul basically like offering a sacrifice to to the Lord. It says that he's kind of giving the excuse that he was seeking the favor of the Lord in yeah. light of this bad circumstance. 
which we read about yesterday, that they're basically outnumbered by the Philistines. And um, yeah, and it seems to be that there's this theme that we saw in, in chapter 12, actually, um, in verse 14, if you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord and serve him and obey the voice, not, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. Mm-hmm. So that's this like, it's kind of this thing that Samuel set up and we're seeing Saul do the opposite of that. Yeah. That seems to be what the author is trying to point out to us. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, what are your thoughts on this little section? Why is it so wrong that Saul did this? You know, mm-hmm. what what maybe is the flow of the story trying to show us? Yeah. Well, I think we should be getting some deja vu to earlier in the book, uh, chapter four specifically, mm. when the Israelites are in battle previously with the Philistines as well. And they are trembling they're terrified of Mm. the philistines Mm -hmm. much like here in chapter 13 Mm -hmm. and they decide they're going to bring their good luck charm the the ark of the covenant (laughs) except that is very expressly not how they were taught to view or treat the ark of the covenant and so they bring it to battle and it's this awesome story where god basically puts israel in their place and puts himself in his rightful place of authority, both over Israel and over the Philistines. So mm-hmm. the ark gets captured, and then Yahweh alone goes to uh, these Philistine cities mm-hmm. and just wreaks havoc, breaks the you know Dagon into pieces, and there's no one there bringing this victory except for the Lord Himself by mm-hmm. His own hand. And it's kind of this you know wake up call that. You do not treat God like a token to victory. Mm-hmm. Um, he he is not like we are a part of his story. He is mm-hmm. not a part of ours, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so here in chapter 13, it, it, it's easy to kind of pity Saul because in some sense it seems like he has good intentions, you know? Like mm-hmm. he knows he can't win without the Lord's favor. So he's just, you know, and Samuel is running behind. And so he takes matters into his own hands. Mm-hmm. And so... I think it's easy to ask what's so bad about this. You know, why does he get this scathing rebuke from Samuel on behalf of the Lord about entreating the Lord's favor? And it's because he he disregarded the law of God, the things that please God, mm-hmm. and the reverence and fear of the Lord out of fear of man. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. fear of the Philistine army was greater than the fear of the Lord that he would, yeah, you know, come true. and author offer these sacrifices Mm -hmm. in an unauthorized manner and you know i think it shows that fear of the lord fear the man dichotomy that Mm -hmm. and that just so so clearly speaks to us today you know about what fear is controlling you know it doesn't necessarily matter like what religious practices you perform but what has the highest degree of authority and reverence in our hearts as we do those things and what's driving us to do those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I'm so glad you brought up the story from chapter four, because it does just demonstrate like, like you said, God himself was mm-hmm. like amidst the camp yeah. <laughs> of the Philistines and was like wrecking havoc. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so like in, in, and that seems like the worst situation, you know, cause yeah. he's like all alone in, in a sense, like, um, and in this situation, you know, 
yeah, Saul rightfully would see that this is like a dangerous situation. He's alone. It's a scary circumstance. But I mean, I like how you put it. Like he was definitely like acting in a way where he viewed himself at the center of the story and God was just a part of it. Yeah. And I think that's like how you know if you fear the Lord or if you fear something yeah, else. Is, absolutely. Um, you know, are you acting in a way where you're trying to fit God into your story or are you like, in a sense, subjecting yourself, submitting yourself to his story, mm -hmm. which might mean that you're in a really hard circumstance and you're going to stay in that hard circumstance and you're not necessarily going to see the end of the tunnel immediately. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but it's in those moments where, where we're kind of tested, like, do we trust him? Um, do we trust his plan? Mm. And, uh, and we see in the, the example of Saul that, that he did not. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I mean, I think that's like a sobering word, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, the passage that I think Barrett brought up a few days ago, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Mm -hmm. And so this is a big turning point. This is kind of the, the turning point in the life of Saul. And... Samuel outright tells him here that God is going to take away his glory and give mm -hmm. it to someone else. Yeah. And so from here on out, God is going to oppose Saul and give grace, give honor to this other prince who mm -hmm. is, as Samuel says, a man after his own heart. Mm -hmm. And so now another huge story that's foundational to our faith is about to start un unraveling in front of us. That's right. I look forward to continuing to read it but um in light of this story you know let's uh let's mm -hmm. submit to the lord and Amen. and uh and yeah trust him uh, yeah not not be arrogant towards yeah. his words yeah and what he's commanded us um we we see very clearly that that's that's not god is is thoroughly opposed to that amen so let's let's not be such a people well for will carlisle i'm jeremy brooks thanks for listening thanks for listening to our daily rhythm I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404 465 1737 or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.